Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. He is risen. Amen. Our text this morning is from Revelation chapter 20, um, starting at verse 11 and going through 21, verse 4. If you are visiting with us this morning, we have been walking through the book of Revelation um, since September, the entire program year. It's been so much fun, and it was this, this awesome revelation, if you will. As I was mapping out the year, I decided I, was, I would start with the resurrection text on Easter and just kind of see how it played backwards. And it fit perfectly for the entire program year. So it was, was really a, a cool, fun thing. And this news of the resurrection that, that we are celebrating today from the, the Gospel of John that we read, and I'll have a little bit in my message, uh, the Gospel of John this morning, there's a vision of it in Revelation. And it's a new heavens and a new earth. And there's always a lot of questions about what is the new heavens and the new earth like? What is, I actually don't know the answer to a lot of these questions. But I do know it's going to be amazing, and it's going to be awesome. And what I know <laughs> is that it is true and it is certain. And that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on this morning. So this is our text uh, this morning from Revelation chapter 20. Uh, I invite you to stand, even though it's not the gospel lesson. Let's stand anyways. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall, the, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm always conscious on this day uh, about our church. When I look around, I, I see some new faces and, and some visitors, and I know online we'll have people worshiping with us who maybe for the first time look and they see uh, this guy wearing a suit. <laughs> the reason they're laughing if you're visiting or online and new is it's not a suit and tie kind of church. Right? It's a jeans and a button-up shirt kind of church. I, I do this on Easter because it's Easter. I mean, that's, 
That's sort of what you do on a day like today. You, you get dressed up and you get excited and, and you come to church and you hear the best news ever. And I get nervous because, you know, you, we're all dressed up and we're at, we're at church and I get worried that, that if you're visiting, if you're new, or even if, like, your faith life is such where you're kind of new to it or, you know, you've been a Christian forever, but you never really been down the path of knowing more about Christianity. You're serious about this study. You might get the wrong impression about not just living faith and, and us as a family, but about church and, and Christians. You might get the wrong impression. I am conscious about that. And even more so since Dan's message on Thursday night. It really was good. And I'm annoyed you guys told him that, right? <laughs> I'm trying to mentor him in the faith. And as a pastor, I'm trying to help him be, you know, meek and, and humble. And, and I'm hoping if with enough time someday, he might just be as, as great at being humble as me. So you sounded physically ill. Wow. <laughs> but it was. And it, it, it fits so perfectly into this weekend because there is so much in this world that is just absolutely deceptively false. We live in a world of lies. And, and I say that. I sound like the crazy preacher. We live in a world of lies. But we do, and, and they're so sneaky. And just this morning, I was on the elliptical. My, my routine never changes, really. It's a little bit different on an Easter Sunday morning, but for the most part, at the gym, and I'm basically just doom-scrolling through Instagram, and as I'm doom-scrolling, I see, oh, there's that documentary I wanted to watch, but you have to pay for it. Ah, but it says, watch for free. It probably isn't free, right? I'm going to give it a try. I'm poke it. Oh my gosh, it's starting. Here we go. I, I can't believe it. It's actually, and then the thing pops up and says, to continue watching free, blah, 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 blah. And I knew it. I knew it. But I still, I still went for the bait and switch. I should have known better. I should have known that it was too good to be true. It's the first point in the sermon. It's too good to be true. I know, it seems like Christianity can be too good to be true. I get it. Because we live in a world that's always doing the bait and switch. It's, it's always doing the, this is free. All you got to do is click right here. All you got to do is give us your email and it's free. And then you come to a church and you hear somebody up front saying, this is free. And you go, yeah, where's the catch? There just isn't one. There just isn't one. There's no charge. There's, there's no fee at the door. If you want to contact us, do it. We're not here to gather your information. It's, it's just free. And it's the, the message of Christianity that it's so free and so simple and so easy goes right to the core of that Sunday morning were those, those women, and specifically you know, Mary this morning from the Gospel of John, they go to the tomb, and it's just it's too good to be true. 
And even the, the disciples, right? The ones who should have known for sure. Jesus talked about this over and over again. It says in the, in the Gospels that he talked about having to die and be raised from the dead. And the idea of the resurrection was around. They all sort of understood it. But we have from John chapter 20 this morning. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first. This is John. This is the beloved disciple. The one whom Jesus loved. The one who wrote the Gospel of John. The one who wrote the book of Revelation. He's talking about himself sort of in third person. He goes, he reached the tomb. He also went in. He saw and he believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. They didn't understand yet. The idea that Jesus, who was dead and in the ground, would be raised from the dead was so too good to be true that it wasn't even on their radar screen. They had seen him walk on water. <laughs> they had seen him heal people. They had seen him do these miraculous things, and still they didn't believe that he could be raised from the dead. That's how incredible this news really is. It is hard to believe. And I'm sympathetic for anybody who has those moments of skepticism where they go, well, did he really there's all kinds of books you can read, right? Case for Christ, all of these different books that, that will point out how absolutely crazy it would be for the followers of Christ to just make this up and then be willing to die for the thing they just made up. What would be in it for them? Like, What would be the gain of the, the 12 disciples or 11 and plus Paul later making this whole thing up about the resurrected Jesus and then be killed? There's no money in it, right? None of them were rich and they all died pretty ugly deaths. There's no power in it. They were scorned, beaten, jailed. There, there was no benefit to them to just make it up. It would, would be the dumbest idea ever. So it's, it's hard to believe. It really is hard to believe. It really does seem too good to be true. But that's only because we live in a world of lies. It's only because we're constantly being told something that isn't true. And, and it is as sneaky, deceptive, and seemingly minor as click here and you'll get for free. Or, or do this five easy ways to. The, the scams, the, the predators on, on people who don't understand. I mean, there's, there's so much in this world. There's so many things in this world that are telling you something that isn't true. That who you are can be reduced down to a few couple things. Who you're attracted to, what is your sex or your gender, and that's all that you really are. It's the most important thing in the world. Those, those things right there. Well, the most important thing in the world is how much money you make. That'll give you happiness. That's a lie. Or, or how powerful you can be or how popular you are, how, how important you are, how, how much influence you have, that is what makes you who you are. Those are the important things you should spend your time and your energy on. Is your house nice enough? How about your yard? Is your yard nice enough? Well, that, that's really important, isn't it? 
And isn't it important, all of these things, when the truth is staring us right in the face, the most important thing in, in the worldly sense is, is me, my spouse, my kids, right? This, this is most important. Why am I distracted from these things, doing all of this other stuff, and, and not building meaningful relationships with the people who matter in my life? Why am I not investing my time and energy here? Because I believe a lie that these things are important. My kids will be way better off if I get that promotion, get a better job, get a better house, send them to a better school. That's what matters. It's a lie. Over and over and over again, we're lied to constantly. And the truth is staring us right in the face that God is inviting us to, to just set aside the lies of the world, and just focus on what is true. And it's so simple, and it's so easy, that if there really is a God, if you're wondering that this morning, if you've wondered it before, if, you're like, if there really is a God, well, he'd want you to know the truth. How better to do that than, you know, come here <laughs> and tell us the truth and show us the truth and be with us and literally be the truth amongst us. And what better way than to make sure people wrote it down by inspiring it through the Spirit of God that here it is, here is the truth. It's, it's written right here, plain as day, right in front of us. Read this book, the Bible, and you'll be reading the truth, okay? And then there is this one thing right there the end of the Gospels that just seems too spectacular, too, too beyond the pale to be true, that a dead man rose. Unless, unless he really is God, because if there is a God who th does create and does give life, why couldn't he also raise somebody from the dead? We're not talking about a really good teacher or person in Jesus. We're not talking about a really good doctor who helped people see better. You know, he healed the blind. We're not talking about a chiropractor who helped a lame person walk after only 340 adjustments, right? It seems like that's how it works. No, this is a man who is also God and is able to do these things. And if that's the case then it would be true that he can do this thing to be raised from the dead if he's God. And he would want us to know that the plan is for us to be raised from the dead too. What better way to illustrate that than by doing it himself first? It's brilliant. It's simple. It's brilliant it's true. But what's the point of this resurrection from the dead? Why, why does it matter? Well, because these bodies of ours are broken, right? These bodies of ours wear down. Our eyesight does fade. Our hearing goes. Our strength fails. And then we die. But to be raised again is to be raised without those things. And to live, to live in these bodies of ours, but perfected in a way. And I don't understand all the details. 
I, I don't know exactly how old are we going to be or all these different things, but I know this body of mine will be raised from the dead, but it won't have bum shoulders and bum knees. It, it won't get tired. It won't be broken. It will be perfected. That's true. And it brings us peace. See, there is this relationship between truth and peace that we miss sometimes. Truth brings peace, not because it ends the chaos, but because it gives context and perspective in the chaos. We get a glimpse of this in John. Again, from John chapter 20. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They're hiding. They're scared. There's chaos. I'm sure the news is starting to spread. The Romans are definitely worked up. Pilate and the Jews are definitely worked up. We killed him. Is he really back? And some people maybe believed he rose from the dead. That means he's God. Some people, well, they must have stolen the body. Maybe this. So there's all this chaos out there. And Jesus steps in and he says, peace be with you. The chaos keeps going. But the disciples get peace. Remember the first child we had when Isaac was born. Oh, the chaos. <laughs> I know, I, women, I know, I, I can't speak about it from your perspective, but don't discount my perspective, right? As a young man who, who doesn't know how any of this is going to go and, and is very surprised because Isaac showed up early and it was ready, set, go. He was born, like labor started, baby in three hours. Boom, just like that. So we, we are in the hospital room, right? And there is, there are Things making noises and IVs, and my wife is screaming, and there's tons of people, and there's, I mean, it's, it's all just chaos, and the doctor is, is just standing there, and I want to be like, you should be more worked up, <laughs> right? You see all the beeps and the sounds and the noises, and this is terrifying, and, and he, was, he was calm, because he knew truth that I didn't know. He was watching the beeps and the contractions going, I know what that is, and, and that is good. <laughs> this is normal. I didn't know what was true, and I didn't know what was good, and I didn't know what was normal. So for me, it's just chaos. But then the person who knew and understood was able to just look at me and say, I'm not giving you the details, but this is good. Don't worry about it. We're good. And it gave me peace. So much peace, uh, I passed out. <laughs> it is actually true. <clears throat> but to the point of the message this morning, yeah, there's chaos in your life. I know there is. I, I, I know there's, there's things out there you're afraid of. I know there's times you want to lock yourself in a room, <laughs> right, and, and not deal with all that's going on. I know there's chaos in your life. Jesus doesn't show up and turn it off and flip a switch, and now there's no chaos. He comes and he says, remember the thing that you know to be true, that I am God, and the resurrection and the end time will resolve all of this. Don't 
don't focus on the chaos and the crazy that's out here. Just remember who I am. And remember the truth that while the chaos is happening, you have a God who is living. You have a God who is breathing. You have a God who is raised from the dead. Now, there are levels to this thing called Christianity. And, and that doesn't, I'm not saying that to, to hype anybody or discourage anybody, but when we first start and we first believe, we go, I believe that's true, and, and I don't want the chaos, oh, but it's right here. <laughs> right? It takes time, training, and discipline. It really does. It takes a long time. Wherever you are on this walk, there, there is no final level, final layer but sometime, someplace, we need to begin holding more and more to this. This is true. I am loved by God who created me, who formed me and made me. And I got flaws and I got things that are wrong with me. I do things to myself, to my friends and family, I shouldn't do. I create chaos with my own sin. Other people's sin gives me chaos and craziness and things to be afraid of, but I'm not focusing on those. I'm gonna stay right here in this pocket, in this room with the disciples, with the doctor who knows, with Jesus himself who says, peace, peace. I'm alive and risen from the dead, which means you too will be raised from the dead. And Jesus, when he brings to us this truth, he brings it in a specific way. He brings it with just a word. One more time from the Gospel of John. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, not seeing him, understanding him, still in her chaos. Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. It is the familiarity where Jesus says her name. You know what this is like. I know what this is like. It's different. When, when somebody says, Luke, I recognize, I turn, I wave, and I say hi. When I hear my wife say it, it's different because of the relationship. When I hear my mom or my dad say it, it's different from that because it's a different relationship. When God speaks your name, which he knows, because he was there when you were baptized. When, when you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God was there doing this work in you. You were named, and your name was put in the book of life. Christ knows your name. I want you to, just for a second, we're going to get awkward. I love making people feel awkward, right? We're get awkward for a second. We're going to be really quiet. I want you to close your eyes. Do it. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. <laughs> and just hear the name, your name, in your mind. What voice was that in? 
It wasn't your voice. I mean, was it your parents' voice, your mom's voice, your dad's voice? Your name. He knows your name. And just by virtue of knowing you and you knowing him, this truth of eternal life is applied to you. You have what Mary had, what the disciples had, what Christians have always had, what all of us always have, which is hope in the middle of the chaos for the resurrection of the dead. Joy in the midst of sorrow. When somebody dies, we still have this joy of the resurrection. With pain and suffering, we look forward to a time without it. With challenges and struggles in this world that beat us down to the point where we want to give up and quit, we remember that there is one who knows our name, gives us strength to continue, but then finally gives us relief and break from it at the resurrection. See, the resurrection is pivotal to all of this because I can't keep going in this life if I don't know at the end there is the resurrection. I can't keep working. I can't keep pushing. I can't keep encouraging. I can't even keep preaching the gospel of Jesus if, if I didn't believe that doing so would mean more people are raised from the dead to eternal life. I'm not kidding. I would quit if I didn't believe it, I promise you, because it's hard. You guys are a bunch of thick-headed, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just you, Herb. It is hard. It can't be Easter until I pick on Herb. Like, that's not what it is. It's difficult. It's challenging. And if I didn't actually believe that at the end of this, all things are made right and all things are made new with a new heavens and a new earth, I would quit. I would do something else. But I believe this to be true. And if you're still wondering and you're still thinking, think of me as the doctor in the room with all the chaos of, of birth going, no, I know. I know it's, it is chaotic. But this is true. Find somebody. If you're looking for a place to do it, this is a place to do that, to find somebody. If you're looking for a church home, this is a church home where you will hear it every single Sunday. Every single time Dan and I speak and preach to you, you will hear these words. Peace is yours because your sins are forgiven and because he is risen. Amen. Would you please stand to pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you know my name, that you know who I am, and that you speak it from eternity to eternity, that on that last day, as the books are opened, there it will be printed right there in the book of life. I thank you, Lord, that in the chaos of my life, of, of the brokenness of this world, of the sin that abounds, I thank you, Lord, for the hope and the joy that you give to me, knowing the truth that you have overcome this world through your resurrection. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give to you his peace. Amen.